Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear real stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This conversation with my friend Zach was a good one. I think a lot of people get in a job and then they don't know how to leave or even how to move to a new area, especially if you have roots uh, deep in your town or city. And sometimes there might be this feeling that it's time to go on a new adventure. And that's what Zach and I talk about, moving out of state, moving to a new place, what that looks like, letting go of security and not putting limits on yourself. So check out this conversation we had just weeks before he moved with his couple of kids and his spouse. Check it out. Today, I bring on my friend, Zach. What's up, Zach? What's up, Ned? How are you? I'm good, man. Dude, you, we were going to do this last night, but you were not feeling well. You were sick, huh? Yeah, I had the sniffles. And you're, you're all better now? A 100% not contagious, <laughs> I would think. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So Zach and I have crossed paths the past couple years, seen each other at church. And funny enough, we live like a mile, mile and a half, maybe. We actually live on the same street. But we've never actually hung out. This is the first time we've ever hung out, right? Well, we've been living like the bizarro version of each other across Bell Road. Yes, very true. So um, on our property where we live, we live on our property with our best friends and their kids, right? We share the property. And then a mile and a half away, you are have been living with... Yep, with our best buddies, the Redmonds. Yep. And uh, we both have gyms in the garage. and Yep, we're both uh, gym rats. And broken skateboards everywhere. <laughs> yep, broken skateboards. Oh, so you got a bunch of broken skateboards too? Yeah. Heck yeah. Have you skated recently? Nope. My knees hurt too bad. <laughs> I, my son's wanting to skate, and so we skated, um, I think Monday or Tuesday. We just were outside skating, and I was like trying to get the kickflip back or whatever, it, it didn't happen. And my ankle was so sore, <laughs> dude, for like two days. It just was blasted. You're you're officially to the point where you just go to the park and pump some bowls and <laughs> yeah. like call it good. Yeah, I want to get a mini ramp. That's like a dream to get a mini ramp. Oof. That'd yes. be fun. I'd fall on that too. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be wicked fun. Okay. So we're kind of doppelganger neighbors. Um, <clears throat> and now we're finally sitting down a couple years after meeting. Uh, for a specific reason, and which we'll get into in a minute, but to give people a little bit of an understanding of who's sitting here, how old are you? I am 31 years old. 31. And how long have you been married? I've been married for five years. Um, my wife, Brittany, and I met, um, is that 13 years ago? 2006? Yeah, we met uh, our first year of college. We met in the dorms up in Reno. Nice. Straight out of high school. First girl you saw? Uh. I don't know what the right answer to that is. No. <laughs> You're like, there is no right answer <laughs> yeah. to that. Whatever um, you say will be wrong. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, yeah, we, we met uh, just through some friends and, and uh, eating in the cafeteria and all that type of stuff. So, Heck yeah. yeah. So you've known each other 13 years, dated for a while, and then got married five years ago. Yep. And then, do you have any kids? We have two kids. We have a three-year-old boy, Carter, and a six-month-old boy, Cole. Six months. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he just got his first cold too, so that's been fun the last mm, couple of days. <laughs> sad. Is he sleeping? He's he's a good sleeper, yeah. Heck yeah. My wife's the best sleeper I've ever met in my life, so both our kids inherited that gene. Because so been... they had to sleep, right? Mom, yeah. They, mom's going to sleep, so we better just do it too. Exactly. There you go. Nice. Okay, so what does your three-year-old call you? Uh, Daddy. Daddy? Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. And were you planning? So you got married, and then did you kind of plan... In a couple of years, we want to have a kid, and then we want to have another a couple of years in. Yeah, I think the plan for us was to have a couple of kids, and uh, after we got married, um, we were building, uh, had plans to build a house, and um, you know, just kind of enjoying married life a little bit before we had kids. But that was always in the plans. So, when you first got married, did you guys start building that house on the property? 
Um, it was about a year afterwards, some, something like that. How long did it take to build the house? About a year. We, we had, I mean, we had to start from scratch. We had to do the well, septic, the whole, whole deal. Did you do a lot of the work? No, no. Um, we designed the house. Um, and then a, an awesome guy named Jim Clark ended up doing the whole thing for us, but Brick got to pick everything out and all that type of stuff. So it was cool. Dang. That's a fun process. We're about to, um, we're about to do some remodeling, which I'm a little nervous about, but it is what it is. So. Yeah. Hopefully I just have no skills. So no skills. I have, I have no business. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely don't have skills to build a house. I tried building a tree house and then got <laughs> to a certain point and had to have my brother come to do the, uh, leveling <laughs> to make it all work out. It builds character. Yeah. So, okay. Five years, two kids. Is two kids kind of the plan or any more come in? I think that's a plan. Yeah. yeah. Two kids. Okay. Smart planners. I like that. Yes. Um, as you've been become a father the fast, past few years, what has been the best resource to you? I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But... It will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. Uh, the best resource to me has been, uh, is, is honestly been my friends. We talked about, uh, uh, my buddy Daniel who lived, lived out on the property with us. Um, his boys are older, so I got to see him being a dad. How much older though? Um, they are four and two years older. Okay. So, so just enough ahead that you could kind of get yeah, they're always who like, knows exactly. what's going on. They're always in like the upcoming stage. Gotcha. Um, so that's cool. And then, and then we've got a, a one other couple friend that, have a little bit older dynamic also. And, um, and we're all just super close and can, you know, talk about that type of stuff and share frustrations. And, yeah. you know, when you're not doing the whole polished Instagram parenting, real life, you're doing real life and you don't feel so crazy, you know, that your three-year-old doesn't listen. It's like, Oh yeah, he's three. That's how, that's what happens. You know? Yeah. Dude, it's so important to have people like that in your life. I don't know that everybody does, but to, to foster those relationships where you can just be super vulnerable and transparent. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I don't know how you'd survive without that. It's tough because it's like you think about those relationships that you that you have that are like that. And like, I can't, I don't know how you duplicate that or like. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to decide and choose. It's still like, I mean, so I've got my best friend on the property and there's things I'm sure he doesn't like about me or that I frustrate him or mm -hmm. he frustrates me or whatever. But it's that willingness to to put the time in and yeah, as dudes, we joke and goof off, but then to ask, you know, like for, we'll work out for an hour mm -hmm. and just be like talking about each other's moms or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end be like, Hey dude, last week you said that you had this thing at work. Like, how was that? Yeah. And yeah. then, Hey, why don't we throw down a quick prayer for each other before we go kick, kick the day, yeah. you know? Um, so to have that is killer. And it yeah. sounds like that's what you have with, for sure. with Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have the thing, the big meeting or whatever, and then come out of it and you look at your phone and it's like, hey man, thinking of you, like rocket yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and to have that from somebody who's not like just, you know, your wife or yeah. like your mom. It's yeah. like, oh no, this is like a man who is like that invested in me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then to be that for somebody else too. Yeah. Dude, I think that dudes need to do that, you know, is to invest that time. Hmm, that's a good, that's a good... So rebel and create is, is the core kind of mantra for my life. And it could be applied to 
the smallest thing, like I'm going to rebel against sitting on my cell phone at my kid's soccer game to rebel on like a bigger scale. And so for me, it was really started in, I want to rebel against the status quo fatherhood expectations, not just that the world puts on me, because then I'm just kind of blaming oh my circumstances, but that I also put on myself as a man. And then out of that, create the life I was born for, the life I desire, the life I know I can have. Um, so that's really what Rebel and Create is all about. So what's something that you're currently rebelling and creating. Yeah, I knew that uh, you're, you're going to ask me, right? And, yeah. And tried to cheat off of the other podcast guests. But um, I think that right now in, in this kind of season of life that I'm in, um, I and, and my family, we're rebelling against um, kind of our nature um, for security and the known and like the safety. We're, we're very like planner, schedule type people. My wife is an accountant. Um, I remember when we did our premarital counseling, uh, our pastor was like, we took whatever personality test, right? And he's yeah. like, man, you guys are both like extreme, like cautious planners or whatever, like the, you know, Venn diagram was. And he's yeah. like, normally that doesn't work, but you guys are on the same page. So Interesting. That you know, you want the same thing. So you cautiously plan for the same things. Um, so with all that being said, you know, we're resisting that kind of like natural impulse, um, that's kind of deep in us to try and uh, create some space for um, I don't even know what, but kind of the unexpected um, maybe something, you know, bigger and larger um, and just um, to kind of create some space for, for something new to happen. Um, and I think we're going to talk about the yeah. circumstances of that. So would you say you're a spontaneous person? I, I am, but like inside my own box, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I love getting a call and like, Hey, it's Friday. Like, what are you doing? Let, let's go right now. Like that's that type of spontaneous is right. But as far as like the big life things, it's like, uh, you know, no, it's like, no, we got married and then we were going to have kids at this time and yeah. we had the house planned and like all this stuff. So like, it seems like you guys, the last five years, I mean, did kind of the perfect get, get the property, build the, well, got married, built the house, then had the kids. Yeah. No, I mean, it, as much as we can, you know, control our little box, we definitely do. Yeah. That's kind of what, um, what I feel like my role has been as a husband and a dad is like helping, you know, maintain that and provide that and all that, that. security basically. For sure. Yeah. So out of kind of rebelling against not being spontaneous on the big scale, what do you hope to create out of, out of that? I honestly don't know yet. Um, you kind of said something about, you know, like, like there's something else maybe. Yeah, I th we've been we've been super blessed with like the people around us. You know, we're really really close with uh, both sets of uh, grandparents, my parents and her parents. We've got a great group of like really intimate friends. Um, so I feel like we have this super solid like inner bubble. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's like so so important to me. But I also feel like there's room for us to step out of that um, and and widen that net. Um, so I think that part of the, the room is like, okay, you, you can't have 100% of your time be with these, you know, people that you're so secure with. Right. And, and that has to do with like actual time, physical place, emotional energy, like all that stuff has to be kind of cleared out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question about that, but first I want to tee up why we're talking. Yeah. Cause then it'll make sense. So when we saw each other last Sunday, we were just talking about whatever, and you had said that you're moving to Tennessee. Yep. So your buddy, Daniel, who we were just talking about, who you guys lived on the property together, he moved out to Tennessee with his wife and kids a few months ago, or he just moved out and his family's about to move out? They just joined they him. They just joined yep. him. Okay. So that happened over the last few months. So like your life of how you had been living tight with your your friends like that had just changed and he mm -hmm. moved out there. And so we're going to talk about, so that's what you said to me. We're moving and we're leaving in a few weeks. And I was like, dude, you want to come on the podcast and talk about making a big old decision like that? And you <laughs> said, sure. So here we are. So that's what we're talking about. But now I want to wrap back to what you just said about not spending with just that core. Did you and Brittany 
like wake up one day and go, holy crap, our whole life just like happened in five years and we're 30 and like now we know what's going to happen the next 30 years? Or was it not that deep of a moment? You know, like I think some people, they hit 40 yeah. Or whatever age and they're like, Holy shit, how did I get here? Yeah. And then and then the dude bails or the wife bails right. or like they do something stupid or whatever. Yeah. You guys don't are kind of making a decision together. But there was a lot that happened in a five year period. It's like marriage, yeah. house and and let's say the house that you built is on the same you know, uh, it's on a ten acre parcel with right. your parents' house. Yep. Which you grew up there. Yeah. And were you born in that born in the house that your parents lived in? Like brought home. There? Uh, yeah, I was brought home. To yeah, that brought house, home yeah. there. Yep. So how was that? Was there like a moment like that or no? Yeah. So now that you say that, it's like um, a heavy thought. But I don't. I don't think that there was like a. There definitely wasn't a. Oh no! This is what the rest of our life's going to look like. We right, need to okay. shake it up. Yeah. Because like we love where we're at. Mm. We love the setup. Um, and actually, I'll just give a brief story, right? So we, um, we're we out on this property. Uh, it's my dad's property. He has been there for 40 plus years. He built the house that's the main house um, that I grew up in. Um, when I moved away, we came back and we were able to afford to build a house on, on the second house on the property. Uh, me and Brittany also got married on that property. We brought our two boys home to that property. Dang. And so when we were building that house, it was like, I've, I've literally said this many times. I was like, oh yeah, you're going to bury me in the backyard. Like mm. that was it. That's what we're doing. Um, you know, I was going to raise my boys where I was raised, like, and there's just roots there for yeah. me, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, it was not, a, we're trapped. We need to do something different okay. at, at all. Um, and actually it's been like, um, it's been the best way I can describe it. It's like a mourning period for mm. us, um, for our whole family, really like, you know, cause my parents are involved in this too. Um, I mean, like right now we have the, um, ability that, uh, you know, we tell Carter that he, we need tomatoes and he runs down to grandpa's house and picks tomatoes with grandpa. Like it's the best thing yeah, in the world. And we've got, sick. we've got our, you know, close friends and our church community and all this stuff. And like, there's just so many things that like when I think about it, I get overwhelmed of like lasts in this town and lasts with these people and, and in this place and this dirt and all this stuff is like special to me. So when the topic of moving came up, it was um, it was something it was it started as like a financial conversation, just the X's and O's of like, OK, mom and dad are going to have to retire at some point. They're going to need a downsize. Dad doesn't need to be taking care of this property until the day he dies. It's just so much work. You know, how do we make it work so that um, our unit, my immediate family, plus my parents can stay together? Can we build an in-laws quarters? Can we convert the garage? Mm. What can we do? So we start going down that road. And then, because I was, and and my dad brought up like, and we we could move somewhere else. Like we could all move to Texas or whatever, right? And so, and I was like, Nope. Like we'll figure out how to make it work in the garage. I'll tear the gym out. We'll do whatever we have to do. Like I was so against moving just because of all that baggage. Yeah. yeah, History and everything. So for whatever reason, that conversation kind of goes on for months. And for whatever reason, uh, when our second was born Cole, I stayed home for a month with him, um, when he was born, which was awesome. I didn't do that. That's cool. I didn't do that with, um, with our first, and um, I don't know how everybody's work situation is, but the state will help you out with that. And it's so, for, for me at least, it was so worth it. I didn't do it with Carter and it was awesome to do it with Cole. Um, so I stayed home with him. And um, after that month period of like being there, like a flip or a switch just flipped in my head where it was like, I was suddenly open to exploring it. So I don't know if like... Dang, had your wife... Did your wife want to move? Um, no, not really. No. She was less vocal about not wanting to move. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But um, but no, not not really. And so I made the stupid comment of maybe we should move when she had like a three week old. Yeah. And she's like, uh, not <laughs> let's not talk about this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much going on here, yeah. bro. Um. So, anyways, that that's 
flipped in my brain started being open to it we had a crazy like moment where we were like seriously considering it and Brittany confided in daniel's wife that we were thinking about moving and she said hey us too and they were planning on going to tennessee oh so this is her them sharing this was even before they moved out to tennessee yeah. you didn't even know they were moving Mm-mm. no and they and they were you know going through some hard times and struggling a little bit which we you know knew um but we we had never the the topic had never come the up. topic had never come up we were actually talking about going to idaho um with them no they were they were always going to tennessee we were talking about going to idaho because my sister's up there so that was like a like a confirmation almost like okay if they're going to move on and we move on we're not leaving them behind or you know yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that um so we moved forward started researching idaho doing that whole thing getting our mindset like that's and how what, long ago was this so this was in may it happened fast dude that's not that long not ago. that long ago so this was in may in june we're in idaho we have like a uh weekend set up with this real estate agent who's going to take us around the whole treasure valley area to show us all the communities we get up there for the first day and tour all around and like in the car like 15 minutes in i have that like feeling in my stomach like this isn't the right spot for us really and um i just couldn't picture the picture it just was that not this isn't it and so we got uh back to the hotel and i told Britt, um i was like i don't think this is it and she but we had already like you know Again, like security, like we said that this was the plan. Because that's the, now is that because that's the right thing that Californians do is they go to Idaho and it makes the most financial sense? It's a, yeah, it's again, kind of part of, starts as a financial equation and then spins out to not be so much. But um, yeah, that, I mean, that was it. And then when we got there, you know, the communities weren't, it just. So what did she say when you were in the hotel and you're like. I don't feel it. It was that it was at night and she's like, okay, and went to bed. Like that she was, was she was mad. She oh, was she like, was not. She's like, she's like, I don't want to like, I don't want to talk about this. We just got over the hump of, you know, getting here, checking okay, this out. So and she everything. was digging it. She was digging Idaho. No, but she was digging, sticking to the plan. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so, good. So she woke up the next morning and agreed with me and uh, I called Daniel and I told him, Hey, if you drive out, if you drive out to Tennessee on the 12th, when you're moving out there i'll drive out with you and check it out and so we did that and toured toured around a little bit felt like that was a spot um and then now it's so did so when he moved there and you showed up with him you're like cool i think we want to move here yep yeah what about it so we drove we drove out there it's it's beautiful wide open and green um just had that like you know could could see us being there and yeah. it felt right as opposed to before it just felt wrong you know um there's a lot there's some financial stuff you know as far as cost of living and job opportunities for me i'm in manufacturing there's a bunch of manufacturing out there and stuff so it checked a lot of like practical boxes but yeah. also had that you know gut level feeling in it um and we were we drove out there in two days so we drove from uh Auburn to Cheyenne the first day and then Cheyenne to Nashville, which is like a 20 hour drive the second day. And, um, we were in Kentucky. We had finally made it to Kentucky. It's already dark out. It's probably like, I don't know, nine, 10, 11 o'clock, something like that. And there's just this like gigantic thunderstorm in the distance, just like crackling across the whole sky. And I, I'm not used to thunderstorms like that. Like Like weather's just different, you know? And so we, we drive into this thing for like, it seems like we're going to be under it, but we just keep driving towards it and towards it. And then we finally get to it and it was just massively huge and just like huge downpour lightning, just like everywhere. We were, you know, you try and take videos of it with your phone and you can never do justice and all that stuff. So it was like, it was just this freak, you know, to me, it's just so, so unreal. Yes. And so we do the whole tour. I fly back to California and I'm driving uh, to work a day or two later. And I was just feeling like I knew that I wanted to go to Tennessee, but I just felt like kind of drained from the whole thing and like no energy for like the what's next and stuff. And I had, um, I had been listening to a sermon on podcast and I throw on a song and it's a a worship song. uh, There's a cloud. And it just talks about like God's love pouring down on you. And that thunderhead was just like in my like mind's eye, like 
as clear as could be. And I just felt like God saying like, that was for you. Mm. Like you're, you're going like this, that, that was for you. And, um, I'm not like a signs type of guy. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of, I don't know, whatever. Skeptical so, on the yeah, so, overly spiritual stuff. Yeah. Some of that stuff gets a little woo woo for me and yeah, it's yeah. just not my experience or whatever, but like it was, you had a moment and I had, like, I had a moment I pulled over and was just like sobbing and like texting Brittany and all this stuff. And it was just like, all right. Like, and I, and in that text I, I wrote, we're going. And that was like when the decision was like, finalized for me how did she feel about you saying we're going um she's right there she was she dude so first off that's cool and then i want to dig into that so i love that stuff because it's just it's just your real story yeah you know and i think that's how life goes yeah um and it's totally not your plan it's totally countercultural to what you thought was going to go down the next 30 years yeah. and you have no freaking idea what's going to happen when you show up. Yeah. You don't have a job lined up. I don't have a job lined up. Brittany's never been to Tennessee. So is she, she going to go check it out first or is she no. just going to go there? No. So she trusts you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and, and then Sharice, like her best, you know, her homies, there. her homie. Yeah. So, and Sharice loves it mm-hmm. or is at least telling her that. So she'll follow her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk, Tell me about the conversations that you've had with your wife over the last six months about this. And the reason I ask is I think, I mean, right now in California, especially there's tons of families who are talking about leaving. Yeah. Which is fine, which is good. Like, especially if it's a financial thing and you could sell your house and make money and go start a good life for your kids. No, like no, or very low debt. That's killer. Yeah. Then I think some of us are just, we're so used to the daily plan that we just keep mm-hmm. showing up and doing the same thing we did yesterday without at least pausing and asking, is this where I want to be or am I open to be led somewhere else? Right. So how are those conversations with you and your wife? So we're, we're like practical to a fault, right? So it's like, um, it started, it starts off as like, well, if we, if we take this chunk X and yeah. sell it and, you know, move it over here and why, what does that look like? And, and stuff like that. Right. So it starts off as, so are you like on a whiteboard or a scratch paper or just, just kind of talking it okay. out. She's like I said, she's an accountant. She's good. They're the, the, the whiteboards the, in her head. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, so it kind of starts off, started off like that. Um, and, and we just, our personal situation is we were in a, in a spot where it's like, we can't afford where we're at. Um, as the main provider financially for the family, it's like, but do I want to afford that? Do I want to have to afford that for the next 30 years to pay off this house or, you know, until the kids are out, you know, and all right. that stuff. And, um, and again, I work in manufacturing and it's a little bit, um, it's tough to manufacture in California. So it's like, okay, so in order to, you know, in order to afford this, I have to make this. And if my job went away for whatever reason, I'd have to go, you know, drive wherever. to Stockton or, yeah, you yeah. know, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of practical level conversations is what starts it. Yeah. But it's but- not, it's not like you can just pencil and, or it's not our priority to pencil out like where can we maximize how much money we make or you yeah know, like right I guess I guess as I think about you know I mean marriage is difficult yeah life is messy as it is marriage is difficult you you typically have two different people mm-hmm. who have their own idea about how something's going to go and then they're going to come sit down and have a conversation about it after you have you know a six month old day yeah you know six yeah. month old kid all day and a three year old all day yeah and you both have jobs yeah. it's you know sometimes just to sit down at eight thirty at night and and have the energy to just be kind and talk and yeah. watch a show is sometimes difficult yeah. you know so how do you or how would you recommend to another dude to like show up to a conversation that matters with your wife? Would you like schedule it as a, hey, at Thursday at two, we're going to get off early and talk? Or did you do it when the kids went in bed? Or so I guess that's the first thing is, did you schedule your times to talk about this? Yeah, we did. Um, we scheduled times. Uh, 
with my parents also, right? Because it's a... It's so are a, your parents moving too? Uh, they're working on it, yeah. To Tennessee? Uh-huh. Yeah. So would you have gone if they didn't go? No. So you got to stay with your parents? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say no. Um, it would have been a different, you know... Different decision. Different decision, yeah. Okay, so you and your wife would schedule time to talk to each other yep. and talk with your parents. Now, talking with your parents, was that for, like, counsel or was it for what are we all going to do? Uh, both. I, both. Yeah. Um, Brittany and my mom are super close. They're calling and texting and FaceTiming, like, all the time about... Mm, that's special. Yeah. I mean, about, it's important. you know, Carter's driving me nuts, you know, this is what he just did or whatever, and, you know that kind of support. Um, or, you know, uh, my mom would send Brittany, uh, you know, job links in certain areas that would apply to me so that Brittany would feel like, Oh, look, there's opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, Oh, look at this neighborhood and stuff like that. So just that kind of like, uh, support aspect. But, um, we, we definitely ask them all the time, like, what would you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, did you seek other counsel other than your parents as well? Um, not really. Uh, mostly them, you know, for specific stuff as far as, uh, is like the stuff in the location we were getting with, you know, Daniel and Sharice, our, our other best friends, Michael and Leah, um, we're leaving them, um, which has just been like heart wrenching. Really? And, um, and they've been so awesome and like somehow managed to be happy for us when they're so sad at the same time. So, so between like, that's, that's our people, you know, that's who we get our run everything by, get our support from yeah. all that who type you of do stuff. life with. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about making the decision to move. Yeah. We talked about like having conversations, scheduling time with your wife. Um, you've said a couple times something to the effect of like, I said, we're not going to stay in Idaho mm-hmm. and I said, we're going to mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah. Would you say that you make the final decision or that it's, I guess I'll leave it at that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because, uh, if Brittany didn't agree with something, she would let me know. Um, and then, you know, how do you I have to have, how's, how are you with that? Like if she doesn't agree that oh, she lets you know, I'm, that's part of why I love her. You know what I mean? Is, mm. is she always, you so know, she's a strong girl. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And so you both give each other the opportunity to say what you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. How do you cultivate that? I think part of it, I think it's part of its personality. Um, she's, you know, obviously a woman and strong willed. And then I'm a guy who's a little bit more laid back and I don't, I don't, you know, like every relationship's got its dynamics, right? Yeah. Like she's a little bit more of the pusher and I'm a little bit more of the giver, you know, in that way um, would she say that too oh yeah yeah do you think you're a pushover though because you don't seem like if you don't seem like you just do whatever no no i'm i'm i, I wouldn't say i'm a pushover but I, which is dope that's i think what's healthy i think more marriages would be successful if mm-hmm. the dude was willing to hear but also you know didn't just lay down every time right yeah and i mean it would be it would be so far out of my character and just be ridiculous. I was like, Hey, we're moving to Tennessee. Like no, nothing went, you know, that was after months of, that was a conversation. It was like, you both felt it, you knew it and you just called it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's why I'm trying to dig into it because I think that cultivating that relationship is possible Yeah, with a husband and wife. Yeah. Um, well, I think that like, I forget who told me that, but it was like, sometimes you'd rather be, uh, was it? I'm going to say it backwards, but you'd rather be right than happy. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes even if you're in the right, but you're unwilling to like extend the olive branch to the other person, um, give them a way out or, or make peace or whatever. It's like you're, you're valuing your own righteousness over the happiness and the harmoniousness of the, so it's like, if you both have a mentality of like peacemaking, um, and, and you can be a little bit like, you know, put your your need to be correct, to be, you know, to win aside. Yeah. It's like, 
how many times have you seen somebody be like shooting their own happiness in the foot just because they're like dying on their righteous ground and yeah, it's like dude. hey you're right but are you better Everyone off else for is it pissed. Yeah. yeah yeah did it work out yeah is it working out being right yeah okay so as we go down that more so now we come to this thing that you're rebelling and creating against mm-hmm. so the big thing out of this is like you're about to move on the second yeah which this will probably be playing like as you've left yeah you're about to make this leap and go to this place that you don't know. Mm-mm. You don't know, but two people. Yep. And you have this faith, this excitement, this something that you're going to go explore. Yeah, we've, we've got like this ridiculous checklist and timeline. Our house sold in three days. Well, the whole thing. I went out, I went out to see Tennessee on July 12th. And it'll be October 2nd when I leave to move there. That's I mean, that's fast. less than three months. Um, so the whole thing is just like such a whirlwind and we have so much to do and to get done um, that that part of it's like we've been so busy that you almost you get in like business mode and you're a little bit numb to it. Um, and then you've got the anxiety of just like, you know, how are we going to pull this off? Um, but like in my like, core like my spirit i don't have that like am i doing the right thing uh conflict it's it's like i'm i'm totally at peace with the decision and i i you know i'm like the worry that i have is like oh we have to have the house packed by next friday like that type of stuff i can deal with but like the is this going to be the right thing you know and i i don't know like when i built the house i felt like that too and it was the right thing at the time but now it's a, there's a new right thing, you know. So there there could be a new right thing five years from now. But how yeah. exciting! Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, dude, that's just exciting. You're on an adventure, and you're making your life an adventure, and you got two little kids, you know, which is which is awesome that you're not. Well, we're not going to do this, or we're not going to do that because of this. You're just going for it. Right. And I think that, um, you know, we only can really know what we've experienced before. And it's like, I'm sure there's certain people listening to this podcast who are like, I've moved like 19 times since I was a kid. I was in the military, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, it does. that's not like the big hurdle. But like, I think we all have um, these crutches and like a crutch doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? Um, like stability is not a bad thing, but it's something that I've always had in my life. So to have that kind of removed and have this kind of like, you know, downhill momentum at into whatever, you know, is coming. It's a, it's exciting. Um, and I, you know, I'm doing my best to like, just have my eyes open to any, any opportunities, any relationships, any, you know, um, and just see what's, see what's out there. And, you know, um, another, another thing that kind of goes hand in hand in it is like, just trying not to put any limits on myself and my family. Mm-hmm. Like we do that to ourselves where we, self-sabotage or you know So what's an example of a limit to put on yourself well it could be like financially right like um if you if your dad only ever made this much money and you think that you'll only ever make that much money and then when you apply for a job and they say what's your expected salary and you put that much money but they were going to pay more than that (laughs) but now they have an excuse to pay you less you know um not to say that you should overvalue like you have to provide value to a company and all that type of stuff but but you Underst- also understanding what you're worth. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, understanding what you're worth and all that type of stuff and and taking big swings and being able to miss or you know being okay with missing. Um you know personally it could be like you know oh that person's got a bunch going on, they've got a bunch of friends like that they probably wouldn't like be, really be down to hang out or you know it wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah. want to grab a beer with me or whatever. Yeah. Um and then you find out, you know, years later it's like they totally would have and they right. would and they needed it or whatever. So just um, you know, kind of saying no to some of those. Man, I love, I love the not putting limits on it. You know, sometimes when my wife and I are sitting out on the porch or the, you know, out on the grass as the kids are going to bed talking, it's like, what are all the possibilities? Mm. Like, what are the possibilities? And, and balancing those with the greater good of what we want, you know, to do in life. Yeah. And so I think it's cool to not limit yourself to what's possible. Right. And just to show up at life with that, like, we don't have to just do this here forever. 
Yeah. We can go do a new experience and see how it goes. Yeah. Well, and that's not even like place specific, right? Like you, you can oh. flip that mindset in the same physical space you are. 100% yeah. you could. It just so happens that for whatever reason, I have to move across the country to do it. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think one of the things that I have done the last couple of years is I'll take a week or two and I'll track like, what did I do for those two weeks? Like really down to what time did I get up? Mm-hmm. How was I in the morning? Where did I go? What did I do? What did I eat? How did, how much time did I spend on these things? Uh-huh. And then evaluate like, why am I doing it this way or that yeah, way? That's probably kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Cause you go, Oh man, I spent 90 hours on this. Yeah. When, if I look at my, my core value sheet, it, it, it's this other thing. Yeah. Now I get it. We all have to work and I might not be able to like play catch with my kid for 40 hours in one <laughs> right. week or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, today I worked for nine hours Yeah. and then I rode bikes with my kids on like these little obstacles we made for 20 minutes. Right. Now that doesn't mean that's out of whack. Like no. I was fully present and engaged yeah. and we killed that time. Yeah. And part of the reason they have bikes and obstacles is because you work nine hours a day. Right. So it's right. all, you got to check, sure. check yourself and yeah. figure out what makes sense. But, but I think what you're saying is to look at how you've limited yourself where you're at. And maybe it's even a job someone's at right now. Right. They're like, well, this is just what's out there. No mm-hmm. way, bro. Yeah. Like there's other stuff out there. Right. Well, and it's like, you know, you look at the, you look at a, a job sheet and everything they're looking for in a candidate, you know, is always so overwhelming. And it's like, start picking those off. Like if you don't know Excel, like go on go learn and it. figure it out, you know, like, um, dude, it's so good. Even you're like, I'm thinking of all these things. It's like the rebel and create the, like, how are you limiting? Like, how are you limiting your marriage? Yeah. You know, well, this is how my parents were always. Mm-hmm. And this is, I guess how we'll always be, or this is how we've been the last five years. So I guess this is how it's going to be forever. Right. It's like, no, go do something. Yeah. Go freaking date your wife again. Yeah. Figure it out. Okay. So at, as you and Brit are falling asleep right now, like over the, this, <laughs> the last few weeks yeah. and you have these crazy days of like getting ready and all the thinking, all the planning is there like a little bit of excitement? Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah. when it's just you guys kind of talking and all everything else has faded away. Like what's the, what are those conversations like right now? Yeah, it's, it's, there should be more and we should make the space to, to really like do that and, and, and not be so task oriented, you know? Um, there's, de- there's definitely the excitement, right? Like we just signed a lease on the place that we're going to be staying out, out in Tennessee um, you know, so looking at that and like, you know, looking at, okay, like what grocery store are we going to go to? You know, like, dang, that is detailed. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, just, we've never been there. So yeah, it's like, yeah. we, <laughs> you know, we see an affordable place. We swooped it up and it's like, okay, well, it seems like it's in a good neighborhood. Is there a grocery store nearby? Like, so, um, so, so that type of thing is exciting to us. Um, I've been like scoping out all the CrossFit gyms in town and stuff like that. And like, you know, trying to figure out like, how am I going to make friends? Like I need to go find some guys who want to throw down, you know? Um, so, so that type of stuff is cool. I think that, I mean, just honestly, we're just overwhelmed by the, the task of it, of getting out there and, and, um, you know, by the time you get the kids down, maybe you get the kitchen clean because somebody's coming to look at the house cause it's for sale. And then it's like, you collapse into bed and, you know, try not to think about the, you know, hundred things you got to do tomorrow. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the other side of it is, is that we have been super burdened with the people we're leaving behind and, and that whole thing. Yeah. So you said how tight you are with your parents and mm-hmm. with her parents. Mm-hmm. And are her parents live in this town too? No, they're in Las Vegas, so they're a, a plane ride oh, okay. either so way. So that wasn't too not a big deal. Yeah, wasn't too big of a deal. But I mean, like, just for me, like the the physical property, like Carter was playing in the creek the other day that I played in my whole life, you know. And it's like he won't remember that, and we'll never be back here again after this yeah. summer. Like, you know, dang. I, and again, some people that's like not as big of a thing too. But for me, it's you know, gives me the feels. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it's such an interesting thing because the world's so big, right? right? 
but we have these places or things like if you look around my office there's a lot of stuff in here like i hold on to everything like mm-hmm. it has a meaning yeah. to me yeah and that place has a meaning and to walk away from all of that on one hand is like just simple yeah it's like well, it's just a place it's right. just a creek there's a thousand creeks right and thousand five acre parcels right but then it's like it's all like seconds and minutes and hours and days of like all these moments yep. that you've had right and i think that you know we've just been lucky to have that for so long you know a lot of people don't um have anything close to that you know and so would it have been any less special to me as a seven-year-old that my dad threw the football to me in some neighborhood yard. You know what I mean? No, I, I would remember it the same of like, you know, him drawing up plays on his hands and like, that's yeah. the stuff that is like, you know, that, that what, that's really what I want to duplicate for the kids. And like, it would have been awesome if it was on the same patch of grass, but like, it's really like the lessons, the relationships, like all that type of stuff that, I mean, for sure. It's still, sure. it's still, it still hurts. But it still hurts. I, I just tell sad. myself that. <laughs> but it is at the same time a little exciting. Like you said, you're, there's pictures when we were talking before we started, you said there's pictures of your dad from the 70s, mm-hmm. like building that property. Yep. When he had some family and friends yeah, there with him. Yeah, brothers and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to do that in Tennessee. Yep. So that's one thing that we do talk about, like you said, in bed, you know. It's like, man, when the boys are old enough and it's like we're telling them like our family's story, like this is a crazy story. Yeah, it's like the picture is you and Daniel in the truck in the storm. Right. Driving to Tennessee. Right. Going on this adventure that you didn't even know it was going to happen for your family and for your kids. And to teach your own kids like not that your parents seemed like they're pushing you to stay here. No. But to be able to tell your own kids like. Go build your own right. life. Yep. Your own adventure. Yeah. You know, your parents was here and it was a great life and it was a cool property and you could have done that and started to, mm-hmm. but then there's this thing over here that looks pretty good. And it's not like you're being, oh, whatever happens to, you know, grass is greener. No, right. it's like a thought out, let's yeah. do something, go make an adventure. Right. And I think that's like one of the coolest things that even though your kids are three and six months old, that you're showing them just to go live their life. Right. So they'll see that picture of you and Daniel. Dude, look at my dad in the 2019. Yeah, that was yeah. so long ago. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Oh, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Been hanging on by a thread here. But um, wait, it's, it's exciting. And it's like, you know, we're so blessed to have everything that we have. And to be able to just like financially do this. It's not like anybody can just pick up and move. Them. Right. Like it's expensive to figure this out and, you know, in a, in the way that we want to do it. And, you know, to, to be able to, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is the lesson of letting go of some of that security and my safe bubble and my like, you know, uh, pretenses of control over my life to let go of some of that and then still be shown like, hey, and you'll still be able to provide and your kids will be okay and your wife will still love you and your friends will support you through it. And all that stuff that's actually important to you is still true as you're letting go. Mm. It's like, okay. Dude, that's such a good lesson, right? I mean, we hold on so tight and don't try things or do things because we're just trying to hold it all so tight. Yeah. And you seem pretty free right now. I am. Like I said, I, I mean, I've, I've got a big list to get done, but that's all I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the next chapter. Dude, you have no idea what it's going to be? Yeah, because I, <laughs> I haven't figured out what to you worry. You don't know what all the problems are going to be yet. <laughs> I haven't figured out what to worry about yet. Yeah. I get out there and they've got like some gigantic bugs. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> but that'll be the fun part of figuring out something new. Yeah. Being the new guy. Yeah. You gotta start drinking whiskey. Yeah, right? Better figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, Zach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's just such a good story because, I mean, every every day all of us have things that we're working on, thinking about, 
decisions we have to make. Uh, and I think hearing how you and your spouse talked about this, spent the time thinking about it, and then at the end of the day, took a leap that's, you think, good for both of you and good for your boys. And even when I've seen you guys, it just seems like you're a fun family. I look at your Instagram, it seems like you guys are just having fun and engaged and care about each other. And I think our world needs more of that. And if there was more dads engaged with their families like you are, our world would look different. And that's what I'm going for with Rebel and Create is just to encourage and talk to other dads who are doing the same. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I love uh, being a part of it and love that you're just encouraging, you know, this positivity, especially from men because kids need their dads. Dudes, yes. Yes. Well, I'm excited for your guys' adventure. I'm excited for the adventure for you and your kids. Thanks for taking uh, some time out before you hit the road to come and share your story with all of us. Yes, sir. Come see us in Nashville. Ooh, sounds good. Y'all take care. (laughs) Thanks, dude. I really enjoyed that conversation with Zach. So funny that we've just lived a mile from each other the last five years and didn't even know it really. And uh, this is the first time we sat down right before he he left, uh, leaving California, heading to Tennessee. Um, I loved his vulnerability just to share, you know, the process of working on this with his spouse and checking out other places and being open to kind of the signs, I guess you could say, as far as where they should go. And what a fun adventure that they're heading off on to share with their kids. And uh, if you're thinking about moving, you're thinking about doing uh, a new adventure, I just encourage you to have conversations with your spouse, have conversations with close friends, and uh, just seek out, you know, wisdom from others as you step out. And at a certain point, you know, let go of the security and uh, don't put limits on yourself. So I just want to thank all you dads out there listening to the Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Again, if you like an episode, please make sure to share it. Uh, I just think that the conversations, the vulnerability from dads are so amazing that other men could really gain from it. And if you like a particular episode, make sure to write a review and rate it on iTunes. Thank you. Talk to you next time.